Hey everybody, we're back, and this is Sam with Paranormal Review. I know, I know, you haven't heard from me in a while, and you probably thought I got lost, or ghosted, or I don't know, something. I know many of you have wrote to check on me, and I really, really appreciate that. If you listen to any of our other podcasts, um, you've probably been able to kind of piece together what's been going on. Uh, I know that we haven't had an episode uh, since January 20th, and today is uh, February 13th, and I am so sorry. I, I do really want to uh, apologize. Um, I have been coaching basketball, and our season uh, is finishing up, and I haven't had a lot of time. Then I broke my glasses, and that was a total fiasco. I found out I had to go get a new prescription, and so I had to go see the eye doctor, and then had to wait uh, almost a week for them to get completed, so I didn't have any glasses, so I wasn't able to watch a whole lot because I'm blind as a bat. And then I kind of started getting sick and pretty much lost my voice. And like I said, if any of you listen to any of our other podcasts that are out there, I attempted to do a bot. Uh, a podcast where um, my voice wasn't a hundred percent. It's still not a hundred percent. You're still going to hear it kind of crack and break a little bit. Um, I think that's from um, getting loud coaching basketball, but um, it is back a lot um, better. And so I really want to get back into this. So I decided, Hey, let's start recording again. And I uh, wanted to start with episode three of the new Ghost Hunters. Um, Now, the episode title is Return to St. Augustine. I've told you before that I wasn't into uh, Ghost Hunters originally. However, as they are showing them, I am taping some of them on DVR, and I'm going back and watching them so that I can see how Jason and Grant interacted, um, what their protocol was, things like that. I may even review a couple of those if some of you guys would be interested in them. But I have seen the um, old episode of Ghosters where Jason and Grant are in the St. Augustine Lighthouse and they happen to look up, they hear a noise, and a couple floors above them, they catch on camera a figure that appears to be leaning over the rail and kind of flashes back and how they went up to investigate that and didn't find anyone up there. And of course, there's only one way up and down so there was no one that passed them and how um, intrigued Grant was so when I pulled this up and um, 
like I said, I have been DVR in a lot of paranormal shows and have just kind of been picking and choosing, hey, what are we going to watch? So as I sit down and watch it, you know, I'm giving you my reactions to it and the questions I have. And, and I've told you that I'm coming from a skeptical background where I've had no experiences. Not sure that I want to have any experiences, but that I'm trying to figure out, you know, what it is along with them. I'm also maybe asking questions that they uh, maybe they did ask, but the TV show when it was edited didn't add, or um, I'm trying to do some research further, as you've seen in past episodes on the internet, to find out what has happened since, or what happened before, to see if, you know, some scams are going on, or if people are trying to play... Um, the TV's um, investigators, or if they're just trying to get publicity, well, you know, kind of what's going on. So, like I said, when I hit my DVR, I thought, hey, let's let's watch the new adventures. I am up for, you know, watching Grant interact with his new team. So, the very next episode that we haven't, haven't went over is Return to St. Augustine. And like I said, I kind of got excited. Um, for those of you who are following in along, um, this aired on September 25th of 2019. It is season one of the new Ghost Adventures with Grant running this by himself. And it is listed as episode three. It is titled Return to St. Augustine. So I immediately, when I turn this on become confused because they show previews of them going to St. Augustine. Then they immediately say, but first, we want to start on a different case and we want to talk about a woman who was living in Hanover, Pennsylvania, who is wanting to sell the house that she's been living in with her husband and children and she wants to make sure she's had some experiences in this house and she wants to make sure that it is safe to actually sell to another homeowner. And I thought to myself, what? What? What do, what do you mean? I thought this was Return to St. Augustine. I even hit the info button, and Return to St. Augustine is on my TV. They showed it, and and now I'm, I'm in Hanover, Pennsylvania instead of Florida. And I thought, why? Um, you know, that, that that's obviously my first question. Was St. Augustine not active was it did they not get anything why are we showing this um instead of going you know into saint augustine's lighthouse and if saint augustine's lighthouse isn't that active why didn't we go somewhere else in saint augustine saint augustine is one of the oldest cities in the united states and it 
is also known as being one of the most haunted cities in the United States. And so I'm thinking, even if, you know, the lighthouse didn't give him anything, why why didn't they go somewhere else in St. Augustine? And I myself have been to, to St. Augustine. It's beautiful. And like I said, there are so many places that are known down there um, that anybody will tell you down there are haunted they have so many uh ghost tours and and locations down there and so you know that's running through my mind so i actually pause my dvr and i'm like no no clear your head maybe what ghost hunters is actually going to do is going to go into this hanover pennsylvania house and kind of prove it wrong or it's going to be something simple it's um you know going to be something electrical or something um plumbing wise or or something and you know they're going to show this for 10 minutes and show that sometimes people think their house is haunted and it's not and and move on to saint augustine and i know the old ghost hunters that jason and that ran on on tv before i know a lot of times they do two locations in an episode but i also know from you know reading you guys uh writing on our page which you guys can get on uh paranormal reviews um look us up on twitter we um you can write me at paranormal review pod that's singular at gmail.com um paranormal pod at gmail.com um i know a lot of you out there want the paranormal shows to be longer to be more in depth or to do two-parters so i was just really shocked that a and e had decided hey no let's let's do two locations and this is the first time in the new season with the new ghost hunters that they've done that you know the first episode was about the high school in idaho the second episode was of course about tony um and the state up in the northeast and and it was all about his house and the picture being the woman uh being in the window the lady in the window i believe was was the name of it so i I was immediately just, you know, I don't know that I was upset. I was just shocked. And so I hit the play button and and of course I meet Deanna and Tom Simpson who state that they bought this house in 2007. So immediately I write that down. 2007, you know, this was taped in 2019. So they've had this house for 12 years. And so Deanna immediately starts talking about how she is seeing shadow men and she's been scratched and she was thrown down the steps and had a fractured tailbone. And I'm thinking what 12 years 12 years no 
oh, you guys know me by now. You know, we're on episode 10. I am a chicken, 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 and so if I am seeing shadow men and getting scratched, and I feel like someone is pushing me down the stairs and fractured bone, um, yeah, not living there for 12 years. Sorry, um, I don't care about the housing market. I am not living there for 12 years. You guys know me by now. I'm just, I'm just not doing it. I have actually fell down the steps. I feel like I have broken my tailbone before. It hurts. And so that would have been enough for me to be like, see ya. And I definitely wouldn't be like Deanna. Deanna on this video that Grant is showing Kristen and Daryl is very calm and she says I I'm just wanting to make sure this home can be safe for anyone else to buy well guys I'm telling you you know like I said if I'm seeing Chatterman and getting scratched and pushed especially pushed down the stairs um, not real concerned on who's going to be buying the house. I'm just out. I'm, I'm seeing you later, and I'm probably not going to be real calm about it. Definitely not going to live there 12 years. But anyway, um, we see then that, um, Grant says, uh, there are rumors that the house may have been built on a graveyard. And so he lines up someone to come in, use ground penetrating radar to see if there's anything buried in the yard on the property or anything else like that. I have seen that on some History Channel shows as far as with H.H. Holmes and with um, different things as as you know, finding, obviously, treasure, or looking on Oak Island, or looking for the Civil War gold and stuff, so I'm, I'm a little bit interested in seeing what they find there, so, um, then, like I said, love that Ghost Hunters timestamps their stuff, and so we see at 452, Grant and Kristen, they go up, and they, they meet Deanna, and, um, Grant kind of uses this in his voiceover to talk about how there are other great teams out there that investigate, some on TV, some that are not, and they do great things for the clients, but he, it's almost like he's putting something out there for those paranormal teams, whether they be on TV or not, that they need to start putting clients first. And I really like that A&E, number one, left this in. Grant edited it this way. Grant spoke this. Because, um, like I told you before, I really like Grant. I, I like what he stands for. And he just flat out says, you know... If you're a paranormal team and you're going into people's houses, whether you're on TV or not, you don't need to be trying to live out your paranormal fantasies and dreams and try to make things happen and make things worse for these clients. That if you're going to go into people's homes, 
then you need to try to truly do the best you can, find out what's going on, and help them. And I think that's the key word that I hear Grant use so much, is that he kind of really, really wants to help people. He either wants to reassure them, um, he wants to fix the problem, or he wants to remove them from the situation in some fashion because he wants people to actually be safe. What a novel concept. Uh, but we do see, you know, investigative teams on TV. We hear about investigative TVs all the time on the internet that don't do that. That they go in someone's house uh, that truly is scared, truly is terrified, that truly is going through something, and either number one, um, make it worse, number two, um, they start something up or bring something in or, or tell them there's nothing going on, and there is, or they verify it, and then they do nothing about it. They, you know, they don't know how to solve it. They don't have any training. They don't pretend to have training. They don't ask other people for that may have training to do things. I really feel like if you are going to pursue this that, and you find something, or you think you find something, that you should try at least to make an attempt to make it better, or find someone that um, is going to make an attempt to make this better. So, you know, um, Deanna talks to Kristen and Grant about how she felt really euphoric finding this house, that she felt like she had found, you know, a childhood home, and that she really felt like this was the house. However, Almost immediately after moving in, that feeling just kind of dissipated, and she started getting headaches. She started becoming nausea. Um, she had dreams of massive black shadows coming out of the wall. And how this, you know, really unnerved her, and she talked to Tom about it, and Tom said, you know, it's just you being overwhelmed, you're having stress dreams, and she kind of goes into how they were both divorced, um, she had three kids, he had three kids, they were moving in together, they were trying to make a life together, and kind of, you know, starting this all, and it was stressful, it was a very stressful time, and... Then she talks about how, you know, she was with Tom and she, she went to go up the stairs and she saw a, a black mist and that something knocked her down those steps and that she felt something and how this started, you know, causing problems in their new marriage and it started bringing extreme stress on both of them but the thing is she doesn't say how long and like i've already pointed out they bought this house in 2007 you know it's 2019 what have you been doing for 12 years 
have you been living with this? Have you been going through this stress? Have, you know, is your, your, did your marriage get better? When did you leave? You know, when did you fall? Um, you know, did you, did you buy the house in 2007 and she felt like something was pushing her down the stairs in 2008 and she decided to stick around? Or did this slowly build up? You know, did they buy this house in 2007? She started having dreams. Uh, you know, things got progressively worse. She started getting headaches. She started, you know, and that she didn't get pushed down the stairs and scratched and, and see these black shadows running around until 2018. You know, I think that makes a difference in the story. And I really am disappointed in in Grant and Kristen for not asking those questions. And if they did, why didn't you leave it in? I, I want to know that information, um, especially with Kristen being, you know, her background being a therapist, being, um, you know, a psychologist, and her dealing with people with traumatic issues. I would think that she would want to, to ask further information. And then Deanna says, you know, of course, we fleed the house. We left. We we got out of Dodge. Well, when? When did you leave? Have you been sitting on this house for five years? You know, did you did you flee in, you know, 2010 and and this house has just been kind of hanging out maybe on the market? What what exactly has happened? And, you know, then Grant, of course, says, you know, he wants to give her a hug. And I felt like, I know a lot of you out there that are skeptics or, or don't want to um, like this show or, or, or don't want to believe in it or anything like that, want to say, oh, Grant did that for TV. No, I personally have never met Grant. I just, I get the feeling that that's just him. I think he's a nice guy. Um, you know, so I, th- I think that, that that was genuinely him. Then they flash over to Daryl and Mustafa, and they are talking to the ground-penetrating radar gentleman. Mustafa says that he's researched and that someone may have actually died on the property in 1876. And so he asks a question that I find very intriguing, very, you know, I'm glad that they left that in this episode. Because he states, you know, if something would have been buried in 1876, would this ground-penetrating radar actually pick it up? And, you know, the gentleman who is the expert in this says, well, you know, it depends on the material. It depends on the erosion. It depends on how far down it is. You know, he talks about how he, the ground-penetrating radar machine, he says that, you know, it can go down 25 feet. However, he has it set on 12. And, you know, that caught my attention. And he talked about how um, when Daryl asked, you know, do you think that if someone was buried here in a casket um, that you actually could see that? And, And he said, definitely. And he said, you know, he even pointed to the screen and they showed it on the camera. He said, I, I 
would be looking in this area it's between six to eight feet but you could also see that he was pointing basically to the middle of the screen where he said hey i have this set on 12 feet and and i like it that that you know they said he didn't find anything he said i didn't find anything he said i didn't even find a bottle and of course, Mustafa makes a joke showing his personality and says, you know, gee, I wish we would have found some jewelry or we would have found something exciting, but but they didn't. And so I like when shows go that extra mile. Hey, we heard this. This is a rumor. Maybe this is causing it. We want to rule it out. We want to debunk it. We don't want to talk about it and then not do anything about it. So we got this ground penetrating radar guy and we don't care to show you, hey, he didn't find anything. And so I like when TV shows do that. Um, I like that, you know, the very next thing, they show him setting up the cameras. And Grant immediately starts saying, you know, she's had nausea, he, she's having headaches, and we need to rule out envi environmental causes first, like, you know, carbon monoxide, like high electronic uh, magnetic fields that could cause this thing. And they start, you know, taking pics, and they want to make sure that this is basically safe. I think any good leader, no matter what kind of investigation you're doing, whether it's a police investigation, whether it's a paranormal investigation or whatever, I think that's something you should definitely do first, is get things checked out environmentally, number one, to make sure it's even safe for you to be in there. So, you know, I think it would be awful for Grant to have sent his team in there to do a paranormal investigation like we see so many on TV do without checking out, hey, is this even safe for my team to be in there? Are they going to have headaches? Are they going to suffer from nausea? Are they going to slip and fall, you know, up or down the stairs due to environmental factors? So I... I, I really, I like this. Um, so we see, again, because they timestamp things, that 902, they go lights out. And I like that they show that they were doing something. We don't really know what. But they were doing something from 902 to 926 because they show the timestamp 926 that they're heading downstairs um and you hear them talking you hear you know that they're they're smelling cat um Kristen says it smells like a damp basement to me um grant starts talking about how high emf can cause you to make you feel different it can you know cause headaches it can cause nausea it can cause dizziness um you know daryl starts taking readings of carbon monoxide obviously carbon monoxide can make you feel dizzy cause you to fall um so you know daryl says there's no carbon monoxide you know, we're getting a reading of one that doesn't do anything to you. That's pretty typical. 
of, of you know, a normal house. We're getting no readings. So, Brandon then uses a tri-field detector. He finds nothing. So, they basically then have a, almost a mini team meeting, and it is is determined and decided as a team, hey, there's nothing going on here. You know, we have no carbon monoxide, we have no EMF going on, so there is no environmental reasons that we can, you know, quickly find that would make it an unsafe situation or cause issues with her. So it's decided that Mustafa and Brandon are going to start off in the attic while Kristen and Daryl start off in the first floor kitchen and then Rochelle and Brian will be in the basement. And they again show the timestamp that at 1016, Brandon and Mustafa are looking for a logical reason of why you may fall down the stairs. Um, they start an EVP session, an electronic voice phenomenon session with a tape recorder. And they kind of ask some questions and they want to check to see if it's working. Both walk over to where they have placed the recorder near the stairs and at they timestamp it again at 1024 the cameraman almost falls down the stairs and they show how steep these stairs are and they show basically how you know could lose their balance on a steep set of stairs but then they pan the camera up and Brandon shows you the ceilings and the ceilings are sloped they are you know at an angle and it can cause disorientation they talk about how the carpet's slippery they talk about how, you know, you could be in this room with being disoriented, carpet being slippery, steep stairs, and you could fall down the stairs. Well, again, as they're kind of going through this, I hit pause and I'm thinking, See, it sure would have been good to know when she fell down the stairs. Yes, you're going to hear me beat this point. Because, you know, they bought the house again in 2007. So did she fall down the stairs, get pushed down the stairs, whatever? Um, Did she do that right after they bought it? Is Brandon correct? D you know, is the ceiling causing the distortion the carpet slippery and she fell down a set of steep stairs and you know it did feel because of headaches and nausea and seeing shadow men and and having these dreams did that cause her to think oh i got pushed or did this happened in 2017 after she's lived in the house for 10 years because you would think hey if you've lived in the house for 10 years the ceilings aren't going to disorient you 
you're gonna know the carpet's slippery. You're you're just gonna automatically adjust to that or compensate for that. You know the stairs are are steep. You know, um I have a relative whose stairs are steep. Um I know that. I've been in their house numerous times. I take my time when going down them. I hold the railing. I I compensate for the stairs being steep. So, you know, it would have been nice, hello, to know when she fell down the stairs and what was going on. So then at 1133, we find that Kristen and Daryl are in the first floor living room. So I immediately am like, whoa, wait a minute. I thought they were going to the first floor kitchen. So I actually rewound it. And in the team meeting, they say Kristen and Daryl are going to the first floor kitchen. But at 11.33, they're in the first floor living room. And when I backed it up, you know, the stuff that they're showing with Mustafa and Brandon are happening at 10.16 or happening at 10.24. So I'm thinking, okay, we had this team meeting. You were going to the first floor kitchen. All this stuff happened at 10.16, but you're time stamped at 11.33 and you're not in the kitchen. You're in the living room. So, exactly what was happening for an hour? What were you guys doing? Where were you? What happened in the kitchen? Did nothing happen in the kitchen? So, I wish they would have said, oh, they were in the kitchen for an hour and nothing happened, so they moved to the living room. That that takes care of my question, you know. Th- th- there's no ifs, ands, buts, or maybes. There's no speculation or anything. But, anyway, they're in, in the living room. And Daryl and Kristen start an EVP session. And they say, are you upset that Deanna and Tom moved out? They show at 1145 that Brian and Rochelle are in the basement. And they say, are you here with us? At 1153, Brandon and Mustafa are saying... Are you sad about Deanna and Tom moving out? Um, At 12.07, Kristen and Daryl are in the first floor kitchen. And they're getting nothing. Now, I just want to reiterate the point I made like two minutes ago. Why didn't they go to the kitchen first? Why are they now in the kitchen at 12.07? And what were they doing for that hour? But that's neither here nor there. Um, they all, the team say, hey, we're having no activity, none, zero, nada. And Kristen even says, hey, this just feels like a big empty house. So, of course, you know, after they've been in there three hours, kind of, you know, investigating making sure there's no no environmental they've been sitting in the dark they've been asking evp they've been taking emf there's nothing going on and they're bored out of their minds grant says hey let's go get diana after three hours to come in i love how grant immediately switches the team's locations up 
I like that about Ghost Hunters um, because they don't want a team to use their past experiences in the future and they want more than one team to experience a location and maybe experience the same things or maybe a team has you know different expertise and it would allow them to come to a different solution or or you know a different theory so brian and rochelle now are in the attic and we have brandon and mustafa in the basement and they have um the emf detectors now we are not sure where daryl and Kristen went um the they don't you know talk about them so i did kind of want to know hey where are they uh what are they experiencing surely there are more than you know just three areas in this house but I, I so I did kind of want to know where they were but Grant says hey this might be a poltergeist and he kind of gives us a hint you know a poltergeist basically in in paranormal community and in paranormal terms that it's a style of haunting that is caused by someone living rather than a specific location and i'm kind of glad that he said that because i haven't did a whole lot of research on poltergeist and so i i will be more than happy to tell you guys that i don't know a whole lot about them um i remember you know being quite younger in my teenage years watching the movie poltergeist and later grant makes the joke of being sucked into the tv and so i really didn't understand what poltergeist was so i was you know kind of glad happy that grant took the time to explain that to us that are not in the paranormal community those of us that are not um you know active and doing investigations and everything and he says that you know if a person is feeling anxiety or stress that they may unknowingly be causing activity to which i i really wasn't aware of i've had stress i've had anxiety um nothing's happened in my house so i didn't know that that could happen i didn't know that that was a thing i like i said i've never experienced that i've known other people that have had stress i have had anxiety they've not had anything happen in their house or their lives and so i was like is this really a thing so at 107 Grant and and Deanna um, are in the first floor kitchen, and we immediately see them flash to Rochelle in the attic, and she's getting a chill. And at 107, Brandon's getting a weird feeling in his head in the basement. And then Rochelle is feeling her head getting squeezed. And she shows Brian how she feels like it's getting squeezed. And then, boom, 111, they start showing um, the attic. Boom, getting EMF going off at, you know, 111, boom. 
in the basement, EMF going off at 114. Um, Mustafa is down in the basement in a room and he said he feels like something is pushing on him and pushing him almost to the door, pushing him out. And he said, you know, it's just a weird feeling. EMF still going off. Well, Grant then kind of moves Deanna. Um, I want to know, did they radio? Um, they have walkie-talkies. Um, did someone say, hey, we're getting activity? Or was Grant planning on just keeping her in there for about 15 minutes? Did he, did he know that his theory about a poltergeist may have worked. Because at 121, Deanna leaves. And immediately, EMF stops. Immediately, they're not feeling anything. And they don't get anything. And so they show Grant saying that he believes this is text book poltergeist theory and then they show you know the whole team breaking down the footage and doing the reveal and they show uh grant telling deanna and tom that he believes that this is poltergeist he believes this is activity that is surrounding a person that is still alive which is her and she definitely acts a little shocked. Um, he says he believes this can be heightened when you're anxious or you're stressed. And he said, but don't look at this as necessarily a bad thing. That there can be comfort in this because you actually control it. And again, she kind of looks shocked. And he says that nothing should happen in the old house if it's sold because she's not there. And nothing should happen in the new house if she controls it. You know, if, if she can, you know, control her stress and her anxiety. And then they show Deanna having... Um, an interview and she says hey I'm not going to live in fear anymore and of course Grant says you know if you feel stressed anxious these things start happening in your new house then you know you have my phone number you, you can call me and so that ends that case well but that doesn't end me um, because I I kind of want to go on a little rant um I think this should have been an episode all by itself. Maybe Grant wanted it to be. I don't know. Maybe A&E said no. Uh, maybe A&E wasn't excited about this. Maybe uh, Grant wasn't excited about this. He's been doing this for 30 years. He's probably ran into this before, and he says, uh, whatever. I don't know. I would like to know, though. Because I think they should have taken an hour and made this its own episode. Because... Number one, I think if Grant has this theory and he truly wants to prove it, then Deanna should have stayed in the house longer than 15 minutes. 
you know, set her butt in a chair and let's see what all starts happening. You know, um, let's see if the EMFs continue. You know, she's obviously stressed. She's a little anxious being on camera. She's anxious being back in this house. You know, I, I don't want her in pain. I don't want her to suffer. I don't want anything to happen to her. So, obviously, I want them to monitor her. But set her butt down and let's see. Let's see if things escalate. Let's see if EMF goes up. Let's do some EVP sessions. Let's see if we can get voices. Um, we've got cameras set up all over the place. Let's see if we catch any shadow men. How about, you know, we send something, some object or a person up and down the stairs and see if they get pushed. Let's actually do some experiments let's actually use some science you know grant you brought this up you think this is a theory let's expand on it you know you took a half an hour with this case let's actually take the whole hour let's expand on this theory let's see Heck, um, you know, let's set up a test experiment where we do stress Deanna out a little bit more. Like I said, I don't want her in pain. I don't want to hurt her or anything like that. But let's add to her anxiety. Let's, you know, add to her stress. Let's see if we can get something to manifest. After we take her out, Show me that there's nothing. They told me, hey, there's nothing. Hey, you know, we didn't get any more readings. We didn't get anything. Show me that. Show me that on camera. Show me that the EMF completely went down. You stayed there for another three hours, and you picked up nothing. You saw no shadow men. You got no EVPs. I wanted this to be a full episode. I wanted them to take advantage of this. I, you know, I had never heard of a poltergeist being like this or anything. I was excited about this being the St. Augustine Lighthouse episode. But now I'm excited about poltergeists and learning about them and exploring that. And is this real or is this, you know, mental health or is this people making things up or is this a proven fact? Can we prove this? You know, what is is causing this? If Deanna has something, um, I don't know whether it could be physical, it is mental health related, is there tests, can we send her to the doctor, can we send her to the hospital, um, can she be evaluated, um, is this happening in their new house, uh, she says, you know, I'm not living in fear anymore, hey, great, but, you know, does this happen in your new house? How long have you been living in your new house? When did you move out? Again, I want to know. When did you move out? You know, why is this not happening in your new house? What caused you so much stress and anxiety in this first house? And why are you not having it in your second house? You know, what is going on? Through reading a little bit about poltergeist, they say it usually happens with teenagers. So at the time this was going on, did she have teenagers in her house? Are we sure it's her? 
maybe in this second house, because they lived in this first house, the house they're actually showing for 12 years, and they said that they had six kids between them, maybe these kids actually grew up and moved out, and that's why it's not happening in the second house. Maybe it has nothing to do with Diana. I think this was something that Grant could have took further. Um, I think that Kristen, I'm a little disappointed. If you're listening to this, Kristen, I'm a little disappointed in you. You're a therapist. You know, you're into psychology, psychiatry. You're, you're into the mind. Would you not want to explore this? Um, did you throw a fit? Did you want to explore this more? And A&E said, uh, nope. You guys head off to Florida. Because they take a commercial break, and we've got 33 minutes left. Because I looked on, you know, the episode. We've, we've got basically, you know, a half an hour left, and we're headed off to St. Augustine's Lighthouse. And so to me, that that was a little disappointing. Number one, we didn't explore the poltergeist, but number two, we're only going to give St. Augustine's Lighthouse, where Grant has had activity before in a past show with Jason. We're, we're, we're not going to even give it a full hour. So a little disappointed, but it starts off showing St. Augustine's Lighthouse and talking about how it is beautiful. It's historic and how Grant knows it's active based on his experiences. He talks about what, you know, when he was there before, how he saw a figure looking over the banister in 2006, 13 years ago, and how he chased it. And there was nothing up there. Um, you know, and there was only one way up, only one way down, nothing past them. Um, and you know how he, he shows, um, Kristen and Daryl a video that he was sent by Kelsey Lloyd. Um, Kelsey Lloyd is the specialty programs manager of St. Augustine's Lighthouse. Now immediately, of course, me being a skeptic, red flag goes up. Because let me repeat that again. Kelsey is the specialty programs manager. Well, to me, that means you create programs that are special <laughs> um, for the lighthouse in order to get more tourism there, in order to get more people there. So obviously you're going to be sending a video when you hear Ghost Hunters is coming back on TV. Because if you can get Ghost Hunters down there and you can get this episode on TV, well, you're going to get more tourists to come. You're going to be able to create more, you're going to be able to collect more money. So, you know, I... I immediately, boom, red flag. But um, in the video, she talks about how the activity has increased since Ghost Hunters has been there. And that shadow figures are being seen more often. And now they're having uh, people hear things in the woods. Well, that makes sense to me. Like I said, red flag goes up, you know. Grant says he was there in 2006, 13 years ago. Well, of course, they're going to have activity increase 
number one, um, tourism is more popular. St. Augustine is more popular. Two, um, you know, this was on TV. Of course, people are going to flock there wanting to have their own experiences, wanting to, you know, redo and um, recreate what Ghost Hunters did. So, of course, people are going to say activity is increasing. Whether it is or not, I don't know. But And I, and I don't want to say that it's fake because I don't know. Um, I'm just saying, of course, activity is going to increase after a major TV show shows up. And so, you know, like I said, she is going to say that it's increasing. So they get down to Florida, and you see Grant talk to Kelsey, and she states that a lot of the tours that are happening on the weekends, that people are seeing shadow figures in the lighthouse. And when you look up the tours that are happening on the weekends, they are overnight tours. They are a lot of paranormal tours that that are happening. Um, And they walk into the lighthouse and comments, uh, you know, it's echoing loudly. Um, Grant tells Kelsey about the figure he saw, and Kelsey immediately says, I know, I saw the same thing and she describes it and um they show sammy washburn she's a lighthouse tour guide and she said you know she was leading a group at night and she saw a shadow figure running up the stairs you know she couldn't hear anything but that she saw you know a shadow figure kind of um running kind of up the stairs they go back to kelsey kelsey says they're getting activity in the woods that a lot of people are hearing little girls giggling and grant says you know this makes sense based on the history so kelsey says yeah um you know the the light lighthouse foreman had two little girls and another little girl that died in a cart accident in the woods and so yes of course that does make sense that you would hear little girls giggling um they say um or they go back to to daryl and he says you know i i'm i'm real excited to investigate this place um especially because of the new claims. But, you know, he's also on the Ghost Adventures team, the new one, and and he knows what the old one had. And so I can't blame his excitement. Um, they show him setting up um, the cameras. And I like, um, no, I, I probably can say I love that they changed the teams. Um, we've been seeing Brandon and Mustafa together a lot. We've been seeing Rochelle and Brian together a lot. We've been seeing Daryl and Kristen together a lot. In this one, they change up the teams, and Mustafa is actually with Kristen, and they take the lighthouse while Brandon goes with Brian into the woods. And so I'm wondering where, you know, where is Rochelle? Where, where is Daryl, you know, they just showed him and he talked about how excited he is and he's not in one of these first teams. Grant's not in these first teams. So are they at a base? Are they watching things? I wish they would show them. I wish you know, maybe they would have some commentary or something. But anyway, they go lights out at 1130. 
Mustafa immediately tells Kristen, hey, I want to set up REM pods on this bottom level. I want to set one up halfway up, and then I want to set one up at top of the lighthouse. And Kristen, you know, immediately agrees. I wish she would have said, no, let's set one up on every level. But um, he explains that a REM pod is a device that the paranormal community uses to detect motion by it generating a 360 degree electromagnetic field. And when something breaks that field, then it shoots off a sound, but it also lights up. Um, So they start. Uh, an EVP session and the REM pod above them goes off and you can see it based on the light you can hear the noise and so Mustafa and Kristen start going up the top and when they get to where the REM pod is is going supposed was going off it's not it's not when they actually get up there and so they go to the top And you can tell they are not acting. Um, They actually are moving pretty quick up and down these stairs because they are breathing hard. Um, You can tell that, that they have been going through some activity there. Um, So they get to the pot, the, the top and the REM pod about halfway down goes off. And, I like how Kristen says it's almost if something is playing with us. Now, I really wish they would have set up static cameras and showed those cameras and almost did a three-picture scene where we're looking at the REM pods. Um... We, we have a camera focused on the REM pod on the bottom. We have a camera on the one halfway, and we have one at the top. And then, obviously, we have a camera with Kristen and Mustafa, and we can actually see by that camera that nothing is setting that REM pod off. There's no animal. There's no anything. There's not a cameraman. There, there's nothing. And that we actually see the REM pod actually go off. Then, based on those cameras, you know, when Mustafa and Kristen actually start up the stairs, we can see when that REM pod goes off. Is it when they're 15 feet away? Is it when they're, you know, a floor away? Is it, you know, when they're right up on it? When does that REM pod stop? Um, And you can see them by their camera and we could see them talking and them being out of breath and then we could see when the next REM pod actually goes off. So I really wish they would have thought through this experiment. Um, Or after running up and down the stairs and Kristen saying, I feel like something's playing with us, that they would have actually stopped and set that up. That just seems like a... A natural solution. It seems like it would have been scientific. It seems like we would have been able maybe to convince more people that this is actually happening. I don't know. That's just a thought. But anyway, um, all of this 
like I said, was happening at 12.29. And so we jump ahead to 1.48, and Brian and Brandon are doing an EVP session. They have two different devices that are recording their uh, voices, and then they have an EMF detector. Brian starts talking about how he's a father, and he asks if anyone is wanting to talk to him or do anything uh, to show him that they're there, and Brandon says he hears something. Brian says to him that it almost sounds like laughing, and, you know, Brandon agrees, and they agree to be quiet, and they hear it again. Now, I backed it up, turned up my sound. I didn't hear anything. Um, they didn't re-show that. So, I don't know if the cameras didn't pick it up, if the two recorders didn't pick it up. I I don't know. But, I didn't hear anything. But they say, hey, we need to probably go further in the woods. So, then they flash at 2.05 to Grant and Daryl heading to the lighthouse. Uh, they decide, hey, we want to experience this. Let's get... Mustafa and Kristen out there, and they both start talking, asking questions, doing an EVP session. Um, Grant says, you know, that he wants to walk up to the top. Daryl, I guess, is walking with him. Uh, they don't necessarily say that, so at this point, I'm a little confused where Daryl actually is. I've never, I have been to St. Augustine, Florida. I've been by the lighthouse, but I've never been in the lighthouse, and so I don't really know where Daryl is located. Um, Daryl turns on a tri-field meter, and it shows him showing that the tri-field is, you know, around one, and he says, can you make this door rattle? Well, I knew Grant was headed for the top, but I wasn't sure, did Daryl go with him? Are they at the top? Are they not? Is is Grant at the top? Is, is Daryl at the bottom? What exactly is going on? Where are they located? I, I felt like they didn't do a good job explaining that. I feel like I... I was kind of confused. I, they show Grant going up the stairs. They don't show Daryl uh, going up the stairs, but they show Grant uh, Daryl's trifield meter going from a steady one, boom, immediately. And he says, and he shines the light on it, it's going between 10 and 13. And then they hear a noise. And they immediately show that a cabinet has opened. And Grant says, you know, I heard that noise. I could feel that cabinet shake the railing as I was going up the stairs. And then he immediately checking the cabinet and saying, usually, you know, when the paranormal does something like that, it's because they're wanting you to notice something. They're wanting you to find something. Well, he admits, I... I didn't find anything. So, at 2.50, um, they show Brandon and Brian have 
gone further into the woods and that the EMF is at zero because there's no power located out there in the woods. Uh, Brian asks in an EVP session, I would like to know what you're doing out here. And immediately, Brandon gets excited. You know, his EMF detector is going, and he says it's at 3.3. Well, then they shoot the camera over to it, and it's showing about a 0.7. And then he gets real excited and says it went up to 27.5. But they never show it going that high on camera. Um... They never showed it going, you know, up. They never showed it going back down or anything like that. So I was a little confused about that. Then they hear something that they describe as massive coming through the woods. And they're both immediately scared. You can visibly see them scared. Again, I rewind. I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything coming through the woods. Um, Brian collects himself and uses a thermal imaging camera and pans it and gets nothing. Shows no spots, shows no cold spots, shows nothing. And then he shows it, um, he pans it over to Brandon to show that it's working. And, of course, we see Brandon's outline in the thermal in imaging camera. And at that point, um, they hear Grant on the, the walkie-talkie telling them, hey, we're packing things up. Why don't you, you guys come on by? So they show the next day the team breaking down the footage of, of that night. And they show Brandon and Brian heading off to the Jacksonville Zoo. Um, I've been to the zoo. Um, I have taken many trips down to Jacksonville to watch the NCAA tournament. I've stayed at Jacksonville Beach. I've been to Z Jacksonville Zoo. I've drove, it's about uh, 45 minutes or so, down to St. Augustine a couple times. Um, so they're, they're, they're not going far away. They're headed up to the Jacksonville Zoo because they want to talk about cold-blooded animals. And they use the specific example of an alligator and whether or not that would show up on the thermocamera. And I love that. I had not thought of that. I'll just be real honest with you. I, I'm sure that a lot of you out there, as soon as you saw, saw Brian showing that thermal imaging camera, probably thought, oh, it's, they said it's massive, it's an alligator, and they don't even show up. I love how they want to check that out. So they head up to the zoo, and they talk to a zookeeper. And the zookeeper says, no, um, if it's an alligator, it probably would have showed up on your thermal camera because they're trying to generate heat. Even though they're a cold-blooded animal, they are still trying to generate heat. And so they had brought the thermal imaging camera, and they show on the thermal imaging camera using an alligator at the zoo that, yes, it would show up on that, you know, pretty pretty easily and so they don't have really an answer of that so they go to the review or the reveal and 
you know, Grant is talking to Kelsey, and he shows the cabinet footage. And you can see the shock um, on her, like, oh, I can't believe that happened. Um, that's that's not happening before. And, and she talks about how that cabinet is a little hard to open. And Grant, you know, confirms, oh, yeah, it, you know, it, it is. It's almost like it's paint stuck, uh, even though it's not. And he talks again about how he felt it open. And then he shows the woods footage. Um... And I didn't really see a reaction by Kelsey. I don't know that she necessarily heard anything either. And Grant says they have absolutely no answer about the woods. He talks about um, how if it would have been an animal, that it would have had to have shown up on the thermal imaging camera. Now, Daryl goes a step further and says, you know, he believes this is paranormal. And um, you can see Grant kind of thinking through, and he says, you know, obviously there's not any malice. He believes it's safe to come to the St. Augustine Lighthouse. He doesn't believe that anything is there down, uh, trying to kill him, trying to do anything to him. He, he feels like this um visit was way more welcoming than the past times he's been at the St. Augustine Lighthouse and he just doesn't understand what is going on. And by him admitting that I like that. Um I like that he says I don't have a clue. And I think a lot of people just don't have a clue. Um, you know, I don't have a clue. I'm a skeptic. I don't, I, I, like I said, I've told you how I, I would have tried to do it. I would have tried to set something up scientifically to try to prove or disprove something. Um, I don't know. I, I can't say what, what was going on there. Um, I can understand now after seeing the 30-minute part of the St. Augustine episode, why it was 30 minutes. Um, the lighthouse is not that big. The um, cottage where the lightkeeper stayed is not that big. Um, like I said, I've been in that area. You know, the woods are, are not, you know, 100 acres long. You know, so I understand why this was 30 minutes long. Um, I don't understand why it was paired with the Hanover episode. I feel like that could have been an hour-long episode. I feel like they could have really explored that. So, you know, I love this show. I I like Grant. I like his team. I, I feel like we're getting to know their personalities a little more. I'm rooting for them. I'm um, wanting them to come up with different... Uh, solutions or experiments or something to do. Um, I like how they have a good mix and I like how they're keeping the same mix. That's one thing that in watching the old Ghost Hunter series, I don't like. Grant and Jason and Steve are kind of the constant so far in the series 
parts that I've watched. I have not watched all 11 or 12 episodes or seasons. So please don't write me about that. But um, right now, they're really the only studying factors. And so they have different investigators all the time coming and going. And, and I feel like I can't get to know them. I feel like I, I can't get a feel for them and that I don't really know whether to trust them or not with this new new crew i feel like i am getting you know i feel like i'm getting their personalities um i feel like i know what they're capable of so i i am liking this however you know i i have that problem with the the second episode with tony and the lady in the window episode um i felt like tony was scamming um i have not the same problem with this third episode, but I do have a problem with this third episode. I really wish they would have expanded the Hanover part and added something else with the, the St. Augustine Lighthouse episode, or maybe not even have, have done it, or just did a St. Augustine episode, you know, have 30 minutes at the lighthouse and then go explore something else in St. Augustine uh, like I said, that, that city is known as one of the most haunted in the United States. There are other locations in that city that they could have very easily explored and made an hour-long just St. Augustine episode. So, I am on the fence about this episode. Um, but I do like this team, and I am glad that they're getting a second season because I'm I'm looking forward to it. So that's kind of what I think about this. You guys, however, if you have knowledge about Poltergeist, if you have knowledge about St. Augustine, you have knowledge of the follow-up about uh, Tom and Deanna Simpson or whatever, um, hit me up on Twitter. We're on Paranormal Review. Um, we try to keep um, a running saga of what's going on on Twitter, of retweeting what's happening, um, what everybody's saying. I try to follow everybody and anybody that's in Paranormal TV or in the Paranormal community, and I can retweet re re all of that. It's also where, you know, I put up different questions that I have, and there's I follow some skeptics on there that don't care to point things out um either that or write me like i said paranormal review pod at gmail.com that's singular pod is singular it's not pods it's paranormal review pod at gmail.com and let me know the information you know about either saint augustine or poltergeist or anything like that i also am a member of the nick groff portals to hell uh, ghost adventures facebook group and these episodes are posted there feel free to join that group and talk um that group's pretty active um they have a lot of different talks and a lot of different interests and we talk about different paranormal shows on that facebook group and they when they visit a location they post their pictures or they talk about um different experiences or locations that that they have went to themselves so i look forward to talking to you guys soon and i hope that that you enjoyed this episode if you did please feel free to describe subscribe to us uh we are on all major platforms we're on apple 
Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Um, you can always join us at our hosting platform on Red Circle and make any comments. Or if you want to uh, donate anything for this podcast, feel free to do so at Red Circle. Um, and we'll be talking to you soon.